Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of I Had to Say It. Today, we're going to touch on a couple things real briefly. Uh, uh, first and foremost, I just want to, I know I said I really wasn't going to talk about these things until there was something to talk about, but I feel like I need to state something kind of as a general reminder to people that the press doesn't call the election it's they can announce the presumptive winner but nothing's official yet and literally everybody in this country right now needs to calm the hell down things will probably wind up panning out the way they're being predicted assuming none of the legal challenges go through none of the ballots are discounted or found to be fraudulent or void But at the end of the day, nothing is official. Nothing will actually be official until January. So if you feel like you won, calm down, show a little grace, have a little dignity. If you feel like you lost, you don't need to get all bent out of shape just yet. Your side's still arguing things. Personally, it never matters who wins anymore. I always feel like we lost because people are kicking along the same old crap and expecting things to change when they're just really not going to. People are going to have to get a lot more uncomfortable, apparently, before they actually start doing things that are in their own best interests. And that's literally all I'm going to say about the matter for this episode. So we're going to move on to something kind of light. And I want to talk about... This is kind of going to tie in with the whole moving out and getting out on your own thing. I want to talk about bargain hunting. When you're moving out for the first time, or really anybody these days, a lot of us are in tight economic spots. You're, we're in positions where we still want to have comfortable lives. We still want to have decent quality of life, but we may not have the resources to make it real easy. A lot of people are laid off. A lot of people are on long-term unemployed at this point. A lot of people lost their jobs and don't have any go-back-to-work date. I happen to be one of those people myself. I completely understand it. And as long as the politicians are still doing their song and dance, anybody that's counting on a second stimulus check or any kind of further government assistance beyond the basics of unemployment is probably going to be pretty sorely disappointed for quite a while. So anybody can really use some of this information and it's some it's just some things for people to think about things to look at when it comes to stretching your dollars and making the money count and one of the first things that and it's one of those it's a common sense thing to a certain extent everybody knows it but a lot of us are terrible at it and I'm including myself in this I have the same problem and I do this too I'm guilty you need to make sure you can rein in your impulse buying. Now, depending on who you ask, they may say I'm <laughs> I'm a mixed bag personally when it comes to it. I'm not one of those people that will impulsively buy something in the checkout lane if I'm at the store and it's just like, oh, all of a sudden, I. by the way, while I'm here, I want a candy bar just because it happens to be next to the register. On the other side of that coin, if I see something that's an amazingly good deal that I didn't plan on, then my inner cheap bastard comes up and grabs me by the by the throat and says, hey, look at this, we need this. And that's where my impulse control issues come in. I have a real hard time walking away from a good deal. It, it may not be something I necessarily need at the moment. 
it may not be something that I can realistically afford at the moment. And I still have to talk myself out of it. So that's one of the first things you got to check if you're trying to make your money last and make the most of what you have. Check the impulses. It, before, If you're going to reach for something and it's not something you really need, you need to have a good little think about whether or not it's something you can justify, something that's worth the money. Uh, to avoid that to a certain extent, this sounds real basic, it sounds real simple. A lot of people don't do it. I'm terrible about it personally. I've gotten better, uh, thanks to my wife. She's <laughs> very insistent that I make a list. Make a list before you leave the house. That I do it partly to control my impulse spending, partly to control the fact that I forget things. And I go to the store and I will buy everything that I need except for the one thing that was the reason I went to the store in the first place. And that's another way where you wind up spending more than you intended. You go outside of your budget and you waste all the gas because you have to make a second trip to go get whatever it was you forgot in the first place. So, real simple. Pen and paper. Make a list. They have little notepads that with magnets on them you can stick to your refrigerator to write down groceries so you don't forget things you need for the kitchen. You can do like I do and get one of those small pocket-sized notebooks and just walk around with it in your pocket. I got into the habit years ago from because of the culinary field and going to culinary school and needing to have a notebook on me, and now it's just something I do pretty much every time I leave the house. And they're not terribly priced. If you look online, you can find them in like five packs for $4. They're pretty easy to come across. Depending on where you go, you can even actually get them sometimes for free by going to different college fair type things and go walk up and down the aisles and see all the clubs that are trying to get people to join the clubs. And this may sound like kind of a scammy way to do things, but they don't even ask to see your school ID. So walk along, grab a notepad, grab some free pens. Smile politely, nod, listen to their spiel. Because if you just grab something to walk away, that's that's going a little too far. That's being shitty. So give them a couple minutes of your time. Let them feel like they might have accomplished something. And then go on about your way. Stock up on your little office supplies and your handy-dandy notepads and cheap pens that will write for 10 days and then go dead. But that's also a few bucks you don't have to spend. <laughs> and it's basic. It's entry level. Then... Beyond that, one of the biggest things I tell people when they ask me questions about these kind of things is particularly when it comes to food. Sometimes you want to spend the extra money to get a name brand thing, but that applies as much as as often as not it applies more to things like electronics or buying a slightly more expensive piece of clothing as opposed to something from the discount pile because it will last longer because it's made of a better material. It's sewn together better. It's a higher quality product. But when it comes to things like food, as often as not, the store brand products are on par with anything with a name brand label on it. Particularly when you're coming into the less processed products. When you're looking at things like vegetables or canned tomatoes or sauces a lot of the the mayonnaises mustards different hot sauces uh, and things 
Worcestershire sauce, all all the condiment type stuff. I mean, ketchup for people who I don't do ketchup, but that's that's a personal thing. It's uh, if you like ketchup, you're gonna go do just as well with the Jewel ketchup as you're gonna do with the Heinz. Most people can't even tell the difference, and th- that's really you're paying for the name, you're paying for the label. In blind taste tests, it's been shown over and over again that people cannot differentiate between name brand items and the store brand alternatives. Now, certain things, that's a little different. If you're looking at your name brand sodas, yes, sometimes they have proprietary recipes, and you'll get something that's close getting the store brand names. You'll get something that's similar, but it's not going to be exactly the same. That's just kind of the nature of the beast but really you shouldn't be drinking soda anyway so that's that that'll be my my harping about something i don't agree with at the moment soda's terrible for you yes it tastes good it's sweet and delicious and so full of sugar that's all your calories that you need for the whole day in one bottle now is that healthy to just live off of a bottle of soda day no not even close i'm not even remotely suggesting that so please nobody come at me with that kind of stuff it's i'm making a point here but if if that's one of your things, it does make a difference. Things like certain brands of coffee, yes, they're different beans, they're different roasts, they taste different. But you don't necessarily have to buy the $9 a pound coffee chain brand coffee. There are other companies out there that make coffee that 4 or 5 bucks a pound and taste just fine. I actually, one of my favorite brands of coffee, when I'm not getting what I consider extra good coffee, when I'm getting does the job coffee, is a store brand whole bean coffee that is literally half the price of an equivalent name brand coffee. It's about four twenty three a pound or something like that, and I love it. It's as smooth and and mellow as any coffee I've ever had that was in the under $13 a pound range so don't be put off by store brands and realistically I'm when we get a little further along here I'm going to do some videos on this but look at less processed foods if you want to save money on on your food budget find instead of buying pre-cut steaks or pre-cut chicken breasts buy a larger cut of meat and cut your own steaks. It's really not nearly as complicated as some people think it is. Now, granted, breaking down prime cuts into smaller cuts is more involved. It does take a certain degree of skill. I know plenty of decent cooks who are not good at processing meat. They get all kinds of stupid amounts of waste, and and these are people that do food professionally. So don't beat yourself up too hard if you try it and you get a couple of weird, wonky, sideways, door wedge-shaped pieces of meat. It's a start. Pork chops. Pork chops are a fantastic thing if you eat pork. So I know some people don't. Some people, some people don't eat meat. Some people don't eat swine. I, I sympathize with you. You're missing out. Pork chops are one of the more reasonable proteins you can buy these days or any pork product outside of bacon which has become a premium item but you can buy a whole boneless pork loin and cut your own boneless pork chops and cut some bigger pieces and have a pork roast 
and it's all the same meat. It all comes from the same part. You, and you save anywhere from 10 cents, 20 cents, to anywhere up to maybe a dollar a pound, depending on where you're going. So we'll, we'll touch on that more in depth later when I start putting up the food stuff. But that's something to think about. Bulk things, bulk quantities, unprocessed food. Because the processing is where the costs come in, really. I mean, once the once the food's been grown and, and prepared, if you can do a little bit of extra work yourself, you can save yourself a whole lot of money. I Personally, I buy 90% of our meat in large, less processed portions. I went and got myself a good deal on a vacuum sealer. I bought some bulk vacuum roll bags. And I when I do go out and buy a piece of a, of meat of a protein I buy a large commercial size cut because that way you're paying commercial size r- rates and it's cheaper you go to any of the big box warehouse stores they all have a meat section now and their meats are good quality and they're fair prices you're going to save a lot more money than going to the name brand grocery stores and going to their butcher department or their deli department or wherever you're going to find your stuff if you can do a little processing and a little saving, you can save a lot of money. And like I said, with a little practice, you'll get good at it. It's not rocket science. It's 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 just it's something you can learn with repetition. And you want to splurge a little bit, you get a scale and you can cut your steaks or your your chops or whatever particular piece of processing you're doing to whatever size you want. Buy large pieces of seafood large pieces of salmon are generally two to three pounds and two to three dollars per pound cheaper than buying pre-cut fillets unless you're going to get the frozen iqf individually wrapped individually frozen pre-packaged salmon fillets because generally those are fit to a certain size and made and then the trim is sent off to cat food processing factories or wherever it is they're farming out their their scraps to but that's you know that's hit or miss. That's, you can find good prices on it, but the prices on that are more consistent. They're not always better. Like I found some really good deals on full sides of salmon over the course of the summer that really kind of blew my mind. I was surprised. It was going back 10 years in price because they were trying to clear it out because apparently people didn't want to buy that during the shutdown. Me, I jumped all over it. I bought several sides, I processed them, I froze them, and now they're in my freezer, and now the price has gone back up to double digits. And I'm over here knowing I got a freezer full of fish I paid half that price for. And that's something to think about. So that touches on saving some money on food. And we're going to take a real quick break, and when we come back, we are going to discuss saving money on other general stuff. Things where... We can cut some pennies here and there, and we'll make it work for the future. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
Okay, so that's out of the way. So going forward, all right, we talked about cutting costs at the, at the grocery store. And th this ties in also to using your list. Write down the things you need, and that's what you go there for. And if you go to the same places on a regular basis, you can even know where things are, plan your route out ahead of time. That way you're not walking past a bunch of stuff that you don't need to be looking at and going, oh, hey, I do need that, and having the impulse buys and the things you don't have in your budget. That's how you, you go to the grocery store planning on spending 20 or 30 bucks to get a few days' worth of supplies, and next thing you know you're leaving with a $90 tab and four lousy bags. So that's sort of the how and the why of the food. Now let's look at other things you can do these kind of things with. Anybody that's listening to me right now has access to the Internet, obviously. I really, these days, I don't know a lot of people that don't. I even know of, I don't know them personally, but offhand, I know a couple people that are functionally homeless that still have email accounts because they go to the libraries and they go to public access points. And so utilize that resource. Use the search engines. Look for discount centers. Look look for price clubs. Look for dent and ding stores. Look for factory return sales stores. Factory or look for returned product auctions. Auctions are a fantastic thing. Most places that do them, yeah, there's a, you usually have to sign up with some sort of membership. It's usually a nominal fee. If you're looking to spend any kind of money, you can actually find some amazing deals out there. I have picked up several things personally. If you're even slightly handy, you can save a ton by going to a, a return auction site, a store return auction site. That's what you look for. There's a local one in the area here. That's who I deal with because I don't have to pay for shipping. I can drive to their warehouse and pick up whatever it is I bought. And... Sometimes, you know, it's it's something somebody else returned. It might not necessarily work. That's a chance you take. Me, I don't buy anything that I don't need to be 100% right. If it's something that's super expensive and if it if it if it's out of my price range, I stop bidding. If it's not something I really need, I don't buy it. But I've picked up some really cool stuff knowing, yeah, that might have a problem with it, but I got a pretty good chance that I know how to fix it. I've picked up a couple of appliances, like kitchen toys, that I normally would not spend the money on just because either I don't have the money or I don't think I'm going to use it enough to warrant spending that money. But when I can get it for a fifth of the price that I would pay retail because I saw it on the auction website and I tagged it on my little notification list and set an alarm for 10 minutes before the auction was over to see if it was a price I was willing to pay, I managed to score some pretty cool deals. That's something you can do. That's something anybody can do. That's the beauty of the Internet. You don't even have to... You could go to the same site I go to. I'm not going to plug it because I don't have any kind of agreement with them and I don't want somebody deciding, hey, this guy's putting your name out there. Let's, let's go after him. I, I, let's be honest. It's not real likely to happen, but better safe than sorry, right? And so, you know, look it up. Find some auction sites. You can get some appliances. You can get some furniture. You can get light fixtures. You can get ceiling fans. You can get all kinds of stuff. Ridiculous things, things you wouldn't even think of. And all you got to do is make a little effort to look. But that's not always an option. That doesn't always work. It doesn't always work with your resources or your timetables. So another thing you want to do, and this is one of those things, you could go to thrift stores or second resale shops, secondhand stores. 
in particular, I'm I'm a fan of resale shops and secondhand stores. For I mean, a lot of people go there like, oh, we're looking for cool vintage clothes or whatever. And the one big name organization that everybody knows about that does this stuff, I don't agree with some of their policies as I've been informed to them. And they are not a nonprofit, so I prefer to avoid them because they're selling stuff they got for free to make a profit. And they, from what I understand, don't treat their employees all that well. So I don't patronize that particular establishment. But things like church organized, church, church backed nonprofits that do things like that, things that look for companies that help out veterans, look for companies that are sponsored by a church or a any sort of assisted facility, things that help disabled people find employment and training and do it as a nonprofit. And they're not there to make a killing. You're going to you can find some really cool stuff in there and you can find it cheap. My personal thing when I'm looking at places like that, I don't, I mean, I'm a big guy. It's not like I'm going to go in there looking for an outfit, expecting to find anything cool. Generally, big guy clothes that are cool cost a fortune and they're custom made. But I go there and I look for old appliances, like old blenders, mixers. You can find some pretty cool stuff like cocktail shakers and things that were real popular back in the late 70s, early 80s when... And people were, oh, we're having cocktail hour at our house this week. And you can find some really cool stuff. And and some of it's really neat. And it's usually a few bucks. And in particular, if you're on the younger end of the spectrum, if you're on the older end of the spectrum, go there looking for vintage stuff by all means. You can have some pretty cool crap. And you can entertain your friends and have a cocktail, have a professional-grade bar set up in your house if you want to. But if you're on the younger side of the spectrum... Go there and look for glasses and plates. They're usually, you know, pennies to, to quarters a piece there. Things like salt shakers. You can find, I found uh, coffee mills, which is sort of one of my weaknesses. I have more than I need. But they come in handy. You can grind spices. You can grind coffee. You can find, and one of my big thing that I look for when I go to any place like that, if I happen to be stopping there for whatever reason, I look for cast iron. Cast iron cookware, old cast iron cookware is amazing. It's You can get one in your first apartment and have it until the day they plant you and your kids can inherit it if you take care of it properly. You scrub it down with like steel wool you get all the buildup off of it you season the hell out of it with oil you put it in your oven you bake it at like 325 for five hours and, or until the smoke stops whatever comes first it kind of depends i i tend to overdo it because i want to make sure that seasoning is really cooked on there and really good and i will cook it until all the oil burns off and it stops smoking and you got that nice sheen on there and new cast iron needs to be seasoned just as much and some of the newer cast iron, I personally, I, I feel like it's not quite the same quality. The, the mixture of the iron has changed over the years. It's, it's just as big, it's not, but it doesn't feel quite as heavy for some reason. And it, I think it's got to do with the, the iron ratios. Like I said, I'm not a metallurgist. I don't know for sure. I just know what I feel from using the stuff. And all my cast iron cookware, I've had at least 20 years. 
It's not like some random new stuff, and it's it works as well now as the day I found it. And like you can find some really cool random little old weird things too. It's you'll you'll find really odd stuff, and it's cheap and it's cool. So it's something to look for. Another thing you can look for, and this again is when you're really trying to get that dollar to stretch as much as it will. Look for like food. I don't want their food pantries. They're not quite the same as like handout kind of situation, but it's discounted product. Uh, sometimes, sometimes it's getting real close to the expiration date, but expiration dates and sell by dates, even though they're on there, they're not carved in stone. It depends on how the product is handled, and it's more of a guideline. It's kind of like some people. I know a couple people that will throw their milk out as soon as the number on the on the bottle comes up. That's first off. That's a sell by date. That's not a use by date. It even says on the label sell by. You generally have about another seven days before that's actually going to turn. It's, I mean, it's it's all a rule of thumb. There is no hard and fast guaranteed expiration date on really anything. You have to take into consideration the condition of the product the does it smell good does it taste good if it doesn't don't eat it for god's sakes if it starts to smell off don't taste it if it's really meat should not smell sour fresh fish should not smell fishy it should have a hint of fish it should not smell strongly of fish if it does you got a bad piece and it's you're gonna get either not enjoy it or you're gonna get sick if you eat it so you got to be careful, but there are a lot of organizations out there, and as much as I'm not a particular thump in the the book for any particular religion person, a lot of them are sponsored or affiliated with church organizations. That's something you got to take into consideration when you decide you want to go to these places. But they are there to serve and assist the community, and do so doing so by providing food at lower prices, and. If with again with a little discerning and a little bit of application and practice, you can make your quality of meal a lot better by going to places like that and and things like that. When it comes to things like condiments or chips or I mean, you gotta be a little more careful with like meats and things like that. You have to make sure they're not janky, but you can still get a quality meal for a decent price if you're willing to make the effort and find the places and go there too. And usually places like that have, you know, restricted hour type things where if you're not in the greatest of circumstances, the hours aren't really an issue because if you don't have a job going in the middle of the day to buy groceries, isn't going to break the world for you. And like I said, it's the difference between going to a big, fancy, expensive name brand store and spending $40 and walking out with one bag of stuff and going to an alternative source, a slightly different thing you might not have thought of, spending that same $40 and walking out with a, a shopping cart full of stuff. It's 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 a necessity. It's something you, you need to take into consideration, and it's really something worth doing, especially if you're in a position where you don't have surplus income. And then, so let's say there is something 
you want to buy. It's not an ultra-massive urgent thing. It's not an emergency purchase, but there's something you want that is more of a luxury item that has to be a, a name brand, has to be a higher tag. You need to plan ahead for it. And making an impulse buy, charging something like that, because, oh, well, I, got, I have a $5,000 credit limit. I can go buy this TV right now. Do you need the TV right now? If you don't, and realistically, none of us need a TV. It's a nice thing to have. I'm finding myself thinking about this a lot lately because my TV looks like it's starting to show signs that it may uh, not last too much longer. I'm kind of, I'm trying to be optimistically hopeful that it's going to be fine for a while because I really don't have another five or six hundred dollars to go out and spend on a TV. But it is showing some pixel fade and things like that, and I'm starting to be not too sure how much longer she's got. But I digress. So. If you're going to make purchases like that, what you need to do, and this is just a recommendation, this is not a hard, fast, do this, I know best thing, but save incrementally for it. If it's not something you need immediately, and by need I mean not, oh, well, it's on sale this week. Sales come and go. They do sales on a regular basis. Another sale will come. If you don't have it, there's no reason to go into debt to get it. But what you can do, and this is actually an idea I, I'm pirating from a friend of mine that did it back in high school many 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 years ago is you can get the lucite like plastic blocks that look like glass and you can drill a little slot in it and set yourself a number every every week say i'm going to put away five bucks towards this purchase or that purchase and you drill us you cut a slot in the top of the lucite block not big enough to like get your hand in or anything, just big enough to stick some change in or to stick a folded up $5 bill in. And every week you take that set amount of whatever you said you're going to save and you stick it in that slot and you can't get it out. There's literally no way to get it out without a little bit of involved effort. And what you can do is you get the little chalkboard marker and you write the number on there and every time you add money you change that number. Now, this is obviously not something you want to leave sitting out around for company to notice. Keep it in your closet, keep it in your sock drawer, whatever. But it's a handy way to keep track of something you're saving for that's not going to break the bank to do, and it, you can't easily get at the money. So if you can't easily get at the money, you're not going to lightly spend it because you know it's going to be a pain in the ass to get out because you basically have to cut the block in half to get everything out of it. And, you know, that's that's just a little thing. It's not anything major. A lot of people use jars or whatever, you know, say the motorcycle fund on it or whatever. And they put their change in that. They put their spare pocket money in there. So the point is, be a little thrifty, show a little forethought, make a little effort. You can really stretch your dollars. You can get by until you're getting ahead. And for now, that's what I had to say. And here we're going to throw in the regular end of show plug. Check out the webpage, www.ihadtosayitpodcast.com. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I had to say it podcast is the phrase you're going to look for.